Hey guys, welcome to Girl Friday. My name is Yoshika and I'm your host. Today I have the pleasure of interviewing Randy, who goes by Pixie. She's a dancer in Austin, Texas, and we pretty much discuss her sex work timeline, which is pretty brief, because uh, she is young. Um, we also discuss what type of sex work she's more comfortable doing based on her boundaries and style. We discuss her new needs in relationships now that she is a dancer and how her conversations with men have influenced her conversations with people in general as well as boosted her confidence. We also talk about Seeking.com and how Wade, the creator of Seeking.com, has made it now a dangerous environment for young women who can't properly negotiate their arrangements with proper verbiage, which is key in any situation nowadays, especially with how sex work is such a spectrum and it's making these women susceptible to murders and other dangerous scenarios. And if you don't believe me, please listen to the episode because you will understand a little bit more how people have made it really difficult for women to capitalize on this thing while men preserve the platform to be predatory towards younger women including Wade himself. So yeah, I'm just really grateful that she came on and discussed her story as well as other things. Like, I felt like there wasn't much communication, like it was kind of a shameful thing almost, like a last option. And now it's getting to the point where sex work isn't a last option and it can be safely performed. People can talk about it and people can give like people advice on you know if they want to go into it and I just really didn't experience that when I first started so also like it's awesome that you're making this podcast in the first place that's that's so cool I like I literally would have loved to listen to this when I first started because it would have and also like I've never I've never heard a podcast about sex work before so that's just awesome that's so cool Yeah, I feel like, yeah, we would have definitely relied on this and it would have helped us navigate our sex work way better if it existed back in the day. I guess go ahead and introduce yourself, what your pronouns are and where you're from. Yeah, um, I already started with saying, um, that's so funny. My (laughs) name is Randy. In the club, I go by Pixie. Um, my pronouns are they, them, and I am from Texas, Austin, Texas. So you're born and raised in Austin? No, I'm from a really small town, but I don't want to say it because, you know. Oh, is it like on the outskirts or something? Yeah, it's a really small, very obvious town. And if I, and my name's Randy, so. Okay. No one in that town's name was Randy. (laughs) Okay, that's fine. That's fine. So how long have you been in Austin? (laughs) Since I was 17, 18, I think. I just turned 18. Wow. Um, so that's like three, four years almost. Okay. Cool. So you pretty much moved to Austin when all this gentrification happened. How yeah, and that? the pandemic too. Oh, and during the pandemic, that must have been crazy. Yeah. It was crazy. I barely even got to know... Austin it was already getting gentrified um 
whenever I moved there. So it it was already on the on its way of being gentrified. But you can tell East Austin especially is so bad now. It looks like a carbon copy of LA, basically. Yeah. I went there recently and it was like honestly I'm so grateful to live in LA because the weather is better but also I feel like there's more people of color here versus Austin and not that there's anything wrong with that I just feel like Californian white people with like yeah and they're pushing people out who lived there originally and it's just getting worse it's just going to continue to get worse sadly hopefully they I know they're trying to implicate more things recently like the public train I think they're starting to get better with like public transit but I don't know it's just I feel like it's going to get worse I'm actually planning on moving to New York soon okay cool so okay so how did you start off doing sex work like what is your lineage or your experience with that when I was 18 I just turned 18 I moved to Austin with my high school partner we had basically dated most of high school. And when we moved to Austin, we kind of just determined that like, we shouldn't live together. (laughs) We want to remain friends, but we should go our separate ways. And so I did. And they told me, basically told me that I should start, maybe start getting into sex work because I would like it. I'd always talked about wanting to do sugar babying. And they told me I should just like, I had a friend who was a stripper and we were very good friends. So all of us were very good friends. And they just told me that I should go ahead and go for it. I never did start being a stripper immediately because I was scared. You know, a lot of people, it's kind of like a last resort thing for some reason, even though it's so much better than sugar babying. So much Um, better. Yeah, so, so much better. Like I felt, anyway, so he, they moved and um, we split up and I started getting on seeking arrangements, which now people should not go on seeking arrangements. Not go on seeking arrangements. I'm literally <laughs> just, I've been studying the the owner. Um, God, I can't even talk because I'm so amped up about it. Wade? Yeah. Uh, I've been studying, like, his whole life, how he changed seeking arrangements to seeking. Uh. How he's, like, married to a 21-year-old, and it's considered love, right? So for men... Yeah. For men, looks are important and age is mm-hmm. important, but for us, like, we have to not take that into consideration and consider it love. Like, that's kind of a scam. And then yeah. it's just, like, such an unsafe environment for women right now mm-hmm. because we're not allowed to set our boundaries properly or express our needs. Yes. So, like, criminalize uh, us for it. Yes. And Okay, literally, exactly. Oh, my God. You... <laughs> I can't. Yeah, when I first started becoming a sugar baby, so when I first started going on seeking arrangements, essentially, I didn't realize that this is what was happening, but I was basically an 18-year-old escort because these men would, like, kind of convince me that, oh, yes, I'm going to be your sugar daddy, but you have to, like, it was so unsafe. I cannot believe I even did that. And that's why like, thank God for the information that we are sharing with each other. Because if I knew yeah. that when I was 18, I would have never gone on those. Thank God. Because dates. especially when you're young, like when you're 18, you're so susceptible to like these men mm-hmm. brainwashing you or convincing you 
of not being a gold digger, not wanting to like, don't be like that or trust me. And it's like, it's not about that. It's actually, and as you get older, you learn this in sex work. It's about your boundaries and what you're comfortable doing Mm -hmm. and like expressing your needs, like whether that hurts people or not, like these people are old men. So the fact that they're able to talk to us and they feel comfortable enough to do that is not okay because we should feel comfortable enough to tell them like our needs and what we're looking for and what kind of support or connection we want like Mm -hmm. because because I mean like even sex work is is very heteronorm I've been talking about this and so it's breaking down pretty much the fetishes people have and it ties into sexual identity so if you're the type that like likes money or likes you know getting spoiled or likes certain things you shouldn't be ashamed for expressing that yeah it should be based off of your needs like so when I finally found my long-term sugar daddy that I had until I became a stripper um he legitimately had a printed out packet basically saying like oh okay so you want to be my sugar baby like and we're going to be in a long-term arrangements. Here are the things that he handed me this fucking packet. <laughs> and I was basically, the agreement was basically that I was his, like, a maid, essentially. I take, took care of him. I cooked for him. I was supposed to be sexual with him no matter what, even if I wasn't feeling it. Right. And I was 18, 19 at the time. And this man was my sugar daddy until I was 20 and when i told him i was interested in stripping he tried to convince me out of it and i i now know why it's because he didn't want me to realize that i could be making more money without doing as much of this like essentially like fantasy wife play that he wanted because he was lonely and it was just so degrading and i honestly i he bought so many things for me he bought me like my car he paid my rent for like a really long time but none of it was worth it in the end because he like I don't know, it was brainwashing, essentially. Really, and I didn't snap out of it. He's essentially telling you his fetish, which is like um, a kept woman, you know? You're probably not even content with all this because that's not your fetish or anything, but the energy that you're willing to give him should be reciprocated, which, like he said, you know, he bought you certain things at his leisure. Um, and so that's what sex work is kind of becoming almost like, it's just like a one-sided thing where we're not, and that's not what we were transforming it into. And so it's yeah. important to have these conversations, but yes, please continue. <laughs> it, it is so important to have these conversations because if I had known when I was that age and I was all like, when you become a sex worker, you, I feel like most people, especially when before the social media talk about it most people just had to figure it out for themselves you figure out your boundaries as you go along you get in dangerous situations and you readjust like accordingly especially when you're extremely young which they mostly these men mostly like them extremely young so so that they can manipulate you and your viewpoint on what sex work should be like they act like it should be for them it's it's ridiculous but yeah i i basically like i couldn't take it anymore i just felt so trapped and he was track he put a tracker in my car like i don't know it was it was i felt like a prisoner and he was trying to make me live with him so i just couldn't take it anymore so i auditioned for my first club 
and I fell in love with it immediately and I never talked to that motherfucker since (laughs) and good riddance honestly so you went from sugar baby to dancer pretty much yes and before that like I was essentially an escort I I hate to call myself that but it definitely wasn't sugar babying no I'm an escort now and I think it's the best because well, in certain cities, like yeah. I've mentioned before, I don't really do escort in L.A. because there's so many girls here that do that. And although I am petite and I have, like, certain people that gravitate towards me, I love doing escorting in Austin because that's where. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There are a lot of rich motherfuckers but in Austin. There are. <laughs> it's just so much better because. Pretty much, you already know what's going on. Like, you don't have to emotionally invest, like, a fake persona and, like, you know, deal with all this emotionally taxing stuff and this fake lie and then the resentment towards giving money. And Mm -hmm. yes, they use it against you almost. Like, it's, yeah, it's ridiculous. And that's why, honestly, I, I think escorting is perfectly fine I have a few friends who do that and I just don't know any I guess this is what this podcast is for but I don't know like much safety regulations with escorting so when I am a dancer like when I'm dancing and people do want to do like some form of escort things because I still kind of do on the down low I just do it specifically with people who I've met and, like, formed a relationship with at the club, I guess. Okay, yeah. No, that makes sense. And I think dancing is sometimes better. Like, sure, it's a little more, like, labor work as far as you being in an outfit, like, half-naked or, like, going up to these guys. Like, that's a pole little dancing, bit... too. Yeah, yeah pole dancing, Unless you skip too. stage, but... Be- being a spectacle is, like, draining, mm-hmm. but... It is better in the sense that a lot of men come, same men come back to the strip club. It's like the the fantasy and the attraction is that you're in this dungeon, like, you know, <laughs> locked up in a like, secret dungeon that they go to. Yeah. And they could come, like, every day that week or every week that month, and they yeah. don't get tired of you because yeah, it's, exactly. like, a sexual fantasy, and then there's, like, sensuality and music, and mm-hmm. so it's definitely more worth it because you don't even do sexual things, like, just dance, talk, mm-hmm. have fun, and so, yeah, I think dancing is way safer right now than sugar babying. Sugar oh, babying yeah. should not be a thing. because not, I, no. <laughs> especially not, not right now. Kids especially. Not, not for, for kids. kids. And that's the problem is that, like, what they look for is they look for kids like they're looking for children they are not looking for my sugar daddy at the time my previous sugar daddy he told me that his first sugar baby was 16 and I was like you're 63 like that is pedophilia and I was 17 18 at the time I was young so I was like, this is such a red flag. Yeah. <laughs> you're a bad person. And you're trying to convince me you're a good person, but you're not. But. No, it's true because it's just right now I feel like it's tying into sex trafficking almost. Like I got kicked mm-hmm. off of Seeking last week and it was because some guy said, hey, I'm not going to pay you. I mean, we're having a good conversation, but it was actually sexual. He was like, 
um, you need to put that mouth to work. And I was like, oh, yeah. like, uh, are you going to show me? Like, I was just, you know, talking back to him. And then, yeah. and then he was like, by the way, like once it came down to us exchanging numbers, he was like, by the way, I'm not going to pay you. And I was like, he's like, is that okay with you? I was like, well, the way that I have, you know, bills and, and everything, I don't think that's going to work out, you know? And then he was like, well, um, I have rich clients that I can refer you to. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like that's sex trafficking. So I like reported him and I got kicked off because it said, during our investigation, we're going to kick you off too. So I think that's super sketchy, which is why I was looking into uh, Wade's like persona, his connections. Because yeah. I almost. It's built against you. You're not even allowed to ask for money, even though that's the point of the. Like, I'm sure you got kicked off also because you asked him, like, hey, I'm going to need you to pay me. I didn't you know? even ask that because I'm oh, really, really careful. Like, he's the yeah. one who said, I can't pay you. Is that okay with you? Oh, and I just God. said, well, the way that my cell phone bill and my house bill and a lot of bills work in my life, I don't know if that even, I don't think so, but it's okay. Like, I get it. You know? Like, just in, yeah. like, the lamest terms. I don't know. It's just really sketchy. And I feel like seeking right now is in cahoots with like sex trafficking yes. and trying to promote it's built against you. Also, a girl recently died on from going on seeking arrangements and meeting up with this person, a girl recently, mm -hmm. I think in Houston or Dallas, it was one of them. But I heard about it recently and she legitimately died meeting someone on seeking arrangements because people will it's dangerous, you, you know, like you paid to use it. Men do anyways. And, you know, even though they pay to use it, it's only $100 to pay to use it. If you want to, I don't know, people can take it and use it to their advantage. It's just so scary. Yeah, there's actually, I'm looking it up, and there's actually a bunch of murder cases from Seeking, which I didn't. Really? I'm not even surprised. It's so sketchy. I've, I've had men, when I was very young, beg me to meet up with them to you know, essentially have sex with them. Mm -hmm. And for, and I didn't know at the, at the time, but relatively cheap, like, <laughs> and it's, I don't know, I'm glad I've learned from those experiences in my life and I'm still alive, frankly, because. Well, not early. anymore. I think the price should be going up because of all these inconveniences and just mm -hmm. how men have gotten so comfortable just mentally and emotionally abusing us. Um, so yeah, the price is going up. Um, okay. So the next question, I guess, so that's your timeline is sugar baby yeah. to, to dancer, which you're yes. more comfortable. And with. I'm 21 now, so I can dance again because in Texas, the law has oh, changed. Yeah. I don't know if you remember that, but yeah, 20 when it happened. So it was last year. It was very, it was last year. I think it was in June when the law took effect. It was some time then. I think I do remember that where strip clubs were banning people 18. They said it was because of drinking and sex trafficking, which I, I do get. I had such like mixed reaction to it because obviously women who are 18 and up, especially if they have like kids and especially if they have hard lives, like they should be allowed to have whatever fucking job they want. But then at the same time, like I got taken advantage of so much when I was that age that it's so easy to get taken advantage of, especially in that environment with the drinking, you know, 
the drugs, the men trying to get you drunk. I mean, that's true, but then again, you can't capitalize what you want on your youth. But this is why these, I'm making platforms to kind of make the girls safe. Like, I also know of something that escorts use to verify and it keeps them safe from literal murders and stuff. Mm -hmm. I just don't want to say it on here because I don't want anyone to catch up. But yeah, it's, it's good that, you know, we help and talk to each other. Yeah, I think that's so important, especially with people getting taken advantage of and this being a very interesting field of work, for sure. And an interesting time. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So it says you're a sex therapist. What, like, what does that mean? And do you, well, I know it's, like, very, like, profile-esque thing to say, right? Yeah, it was a little bit of a it's a little bit of a joke, but I do believe it. I feel yeah. like a therapist sometimes. Yeah. It was it was better than saying like on my profile I didn't want to outwardly put that I'm a dancer at a strip club because I have friends from home and you know, my mom knows, but that doesn't mean like my dad and my whole family knows. But um yeah, I mean it is really I don't know, we're, I feel like we save lives, kind of, because there are men who come into the club and who will use me essentially as a therapist and will tell me things, like, I've had someone tell me that they would feel more comfortable killing an animal than a human, and that the only reason that he thinks he doesn't, you know, hurt people is because he's able to come into the club and... I guess, be around pretty women. (laughs) Like, these men are, they're men who are lonely and dangerous, and I don't want to say incel types, but they do come into the club, and I feel like without that, I guess, without a safe place for them to, I hate to say, I feel like they'd hurt people, honestly. (laughs) I put sex therapist. So do you think sex work is kind of like an energy exchange? Yes, yeah. I feel like it's, um, I don't know, it, it makes, like, I love dancing. It is therapy to me. It makes me happy. And the men who go there, even women sometimes, they go there to see people dance and to be around sexual energy and to essentially be happy and relax and I just think that's it's a beautiful thing in a way for sure it's a it's a beautiful thing yeah I think sometimes we can help men heal and and I think right now it's weird I feel like humans are realizing that we have really good intuition and like we can almost because I think we we were all emotionally closed off so I think what's coming back is like being emotionally open and I think that so right now we're like trusting our instincts trusting all that and so I feel like the energy exchange is like gonna be more important now in sex work and more it's gonna I hope it's gonna be taken more seriously I don't even know what I'm saying but yeah I think it is an energy exchange and and some especially with the pandemic you know not allowing people to 
see other people romantically as much anymore. It's just a little bit dangerous. So, you know, people haven't interacted with people in a minute. Does this affect your sexuality at all? Like, have you learned new sexual things about you or things you don't like? And also, does it affect your interpersonal relationships? Um, so it's definitely helped me build my confidence as someone who didn't have that much confidence growing up. Um, I feel like it's allowed me to approach the world in more of a way of like, I am a person, I am a hot person, <laughs> and I will, you know, it, it's helped me build my confidence for sure. Like, I feel like I can feel like I'm standing out in a room now and like have a lot of self-love because of the fact that I like, I don't know, when you get validation every single time you go into work, it's hard not to let it get to your head a little bit for sure, even though it's validation from really creepy men sometimes, but yeah. still. Um, but it, it has also affected me sexually in a way, I guess, because when I first was going into sex work, I was kind of hypersexual because I was a child. And now I now I am a lot more careful about my sexual relationships with people. I am almost asexual sometimes. Like I like having sex, but I definitely don't like having sex sometimes and I can tell also when men are treating me like an object right away like in my relationships with people I can, tell, can tell if they're seeing me I don't even know how to explain it like it's definitely an energy you know what I mean yeah it like you can just tell by the way someone is talking to you whether or not they respect you as a person or they're treating you like an object it's just even if they're not saying very much it's kind of easy to pick up on it now I guess but it's definitely helped me become a lot more careful about I guess growing in my relationships with other people I used to be very liberal about it and maybe it's just like growing up you know but I also I feel like the environment that I've been around the past few years has definitely influenced me a lot. I would say my relationships are better than ever with people because of my, I guess my communication skills and just like not putting sex as a priority in most of my relationships. Okay. Yeah. That's an interesting point. Cause like I said, well, first off, like how you said, you can tell if someone's viewing you as an object like I said, we're kind of getting more emotionally in tuned with ourselves, I think, because of individualism to mm -hmm. where we we're no longer playing like these one sided roles. And then we can we're able to tell more based on like energy or like whatever, you know, like what you find appropriate or not. And like if it's, yeah. if it's fake or not. But anyways, um, but I forgot what the point you just said that was interesting. Oh, how you don't prioritize sex like a lot of people who aren't sex workers like, I guess they do do that like they'll be in an abusive relationship or something yes, and like yeah. 
ghost all their friends or mm-hmm. or like just make their whole lives based on that one relationship that's like probably not even the best for them yeah and, and I'm 21 and hookup culture is a very real thing especially in the scene I am in because I I go out a lot all of my friends hook up with each other and go them I love that for them a lot of my friends are in poly relationships with each other yeah. and I love that for them but I feel like I'm at a point where I've just like over accessed my my sexuality and now I'm kind of just over it I guess like I love myself I think I'm like a sexy being with sexual energy but at the same time it's just like it gets so exhausting when you go from one place where you're getting sexualized constantly to hookup culture it's like I need more than this I need (laughs) I need emotional connection for sure so recently when I was in Austin I realized how gender fluid it is because I mean I have some friends in LA but I haven't really made like a group like I'm not really integrated in here as much so I've missed out a lot on Austin and how it's changed and I saw how polyamorous it is and like Mm -hmm. gender fluid which made me feel good because like I I have like a hetero relationship fetish where like I want to get married and be owned and like it's so dumb because I'm just Mm -hmm. like this Hispanic like girl that was raised like catholic-ish but i'm not that but yeah so i just have like an idea in my head of what love should be and it's it doesn't even go with my work at all so it's so it's like a mind fuck on myself yeah and then like societal for for you i guess yeah a little bit yeah so going to austin seeing like how free it is made me like reevaluate like what kind of um like what I identify as almost as well and mm-hmm. like also like I'm she her because just because like I love being feminine and I've always been trying to conquer yeah. like the ultimate feminine queen or whatever mm-hmm. and, but like also guys put so much pressure on that so now I'm like you can just call me whatever because like sometimes I don't feel as feminine as like a guy wants me to be and it's like well because we're not anymore but it doesn't mean we yeah. like we've lost that like I want to stay true to that but also just be more lenient on what a woman is and yeah and then as far as like what I date has changed now like I definitely want an open relationship where my partner supports what I do but it's just hard because that just means like you have to be super emotionally in tuned with me and and like it's kind of hard to find that right now mm-hmm. especially like I feel like when you talk to men constantly who and I, I keep saying men because like my primary clients are typically men um, I don't really see women that much in the sex industry unless they are giving the product I suppose but um yeah i i feel like men have really worn me out i i can't i don't know cuz i feel like all that's on their mind is sexual like like i just want to fuck a girl maybe even like get her pregnant like i just want to like fuck these women 
And I'm at the point where I'm like, I don't even really want to fuck sometimes. Like, I don't want to fuck ever sometimes. I'm like, I don't, I can't do it anymore. It's, I I will, obviously, but at, at that point, it's not even for pleasure. It feels like a job. So when I am having sex in my pleasure relationships, they it it's almost like I'm doing a job sometimes. So I just, I don't like feeling that way when I have sex. So now I definitely focus more on emotional aspects of what creative outlets do you have or how does like how do you contribute to your mental health because of sex work um hmm. I mean I don't know I feel like uh I mean I'm sure you get this all the time talking to men all the time really builds communication skills like having to open stuff up with them and being the main contributor of the conversation it really does um it really does build your communication skills for sure so Mm -hmm. i feel like i feel like i'm i'm happy i'm always like i'm financially secure i love my life i love dancing um i will say like I think I've already said this, but the sexual aspects of my relationships are sometimes pretty mentally exhausting for me, but it's not even something I focus on right now because relationships like are not my primary focus at the moment. Definitely my job. It does build independence. Like it builds like, I don't need this fucking man. I want, I'll go out and make this money myself. I'll go out and make like $2,000 in the span of six hours. Like I don't need you kind of thing but wait i like the creator of seeking he was like he has some quotes i've looked up and like one of them is like when rich when men get rich they want lots of women when girls get rich they want no guys no one yes but like now he's been changing all like it's so stupid but um god there is I don't know where we're going. So my next question is pretty much like, how do you see the future of sex work? But I I understand what you're saying, like how you learn your communication skills through men, because I've almost learned how to be the perfect woman through all yes. my relationships. Like oh I, my God, I recently yes. met up this client this weekend that like we used to see each other um, and he hit me up and then I went and like I was on the way there, I was like reminding myself all the things to make him feel comfortable, like not even <laughs> not even tailored to him, but like what I've learned men like and, yeah. and like also tailoring into his personality. <laughs> yeah. And I was like thinking like all the things I'm like, okay, this is how I'm gonna be, this is how I'm gonna act, like focus yes. on him, like no one else. They can they because you can tell. Like that's yes, what I'm saying. It's crazy. Energy it's- is so important. Yes, it's so insane, like, how you can literally make a script in your mind of what you're going to say to someone, and you can almost predict how they're going to react. Like, I tell people at the club sometimes, they'll ask me my real names. Like, obviously, my name's Pixie, so people don't really love calling me that. Some people like it, some people don't. Some people prefer, like, the generic names. And so they'll ask me for my real name, and I won't tell them, of course, and I'll tell them, Molly, which oh my is God, my I, yeah. fake real name, yeah. and um, they'll just, they'll eat that shit up, they'll be like, I can't believe you told me your real name, like, 
wow, I know that's really dangerous for you guys. So I really appreciate that you trust me so much. And I'm like, I actually don't because I just told you a fucking fake name. Yeah, it's like they love that we trust these sketchy men. But yeah, so when I went over, I was playing all my cards, right? And he's like, God, like, how did you become this like perfect woman? And I was like, well, like, you know, I've just been learning how to love more through my relationships. So... Mm-hmm. that which is like true like I'm not lying like I've learned through my relationships how to be more of like that perfect girl for them but I'm still not <laughs> it's a thing yeah you're just telling them what you know is gonna make them feel comfortable like you're being your true self in a way but you're also like implementing what you know they want to hear almost I guess mm-hmm. It's so weird. It's so weird how (laughs) sometimes I feel like several different people, honestly. I don't know. It has taught me communication a lot because as a girl, I feel like we're just like used to like cooking, cleaning, going to bed. But how do you see the future of sex work for non-binary people and for women as well? Like, how do you do that? Well, I definitely think that the sad and very true thing about I feel like Austin especially is that people who are my friends who are non-binary ask me all the time they're like or people who are like trans or people who are you know transitioning and they want to work at a club I'm like I love you to death but that is so dangerous for you like because sadly clubs are very heteronormative you know they're looking for the perfect quote-unquote woman they're not looking they're looking for like a fantasy and so it's just kind of like a dangerous place for people who don't fit that like box um but I think that because of the fact that we are changing as a society and these toxic masculine men they're not going to disappear overnight but they will will start to i don't know i feel like it's it's definitely society is heading towards a better direction i feel so i feel like eventually there will be clubs in austin i'm sure there are clubs in other places that are more non-binary um and that are for everyone and not just for men uh, but I don't see that happening anytime soon in Austin. Um, hopefully it does. I, hopefully I'm fucking wrong, but um, I don't know. I, I don't think so. I think it's going to take a minute because even sometimes I want to like appear more masculine, but I know that I'm going to work. And I know that if I go to work and my regulars see me, you know, looking like something they don't want me to look like, then they're not going to. I was like going to ask you that because, <sighs> oh, my God. <laughs> okay, the I past... appear very feminine, so. I... <laughs> I In the past two years, like, I actually used to be super, like, thrifty and, like, a little just edgy, like, not too femme. Yeah. Um, and, like, just express myself how I am. But two years ago, I met one of my friends. She's a sex worker, an escort. And so I feel like the escort life is more like um, like tiers. Like, there's top-tier women and all that. So yeah. the top tier are usually the most feminine and, like, mm-hmm. 
and like designer and like suit like hair done nails like Like looking expensive looking and like an expensive woman and um so I transitioned my style to that and then recently the past two years I've been going back and forth like oh I hate these like basics like where are my fucking like dickies and I'm like freaking (laughs) out and then I'm like throwing away dickies but then throwing away basics and then buying the but anyways, it's just been a struggle to be both, and um, I know that your whole thing is like pixie, <laughs> pixie girl, you know, and so how, how did, because I feel like Austin strip clubs during the pandemic, um, or even after the pandemic, a lot of the girls were just wearing like, they were breaking what the norm is, and you know tying their bikinis differently and like yeah I do that actually I tie my bikini differently yeah and so that was happening like pandemic-ish era and I started noticing it to where like you know they'd have like well I had a shag so they'd get shot or like just different looks and in Austin like that's still and my hair's short like my hair's very short yeah exactly so in Austin that's still a little acceptable because of how the town is well I feel like New York also like the New York Philadelphia vibe they they also because I'm going to be working there soon um I don't know I've definitely strip club vibe is probably different from escort vibe like even though you can look expensive in a strip club and like make a lot of money looking expensive it also makes a lot of men feel extremely intimidated Mm -hmm. and so I feel like they like more like not like down to earth but just like people that they would feel comfortable like walking up to and talking to anywhere and I feel like that's the like a sexy ratchet yeah yeah I mean like a I don't want to call myself like alt but I guess I definitely give off like the vibe of that Uh um like thrift alt (laughs) yeah (laughs) I get really good clients I can only speak on behalf of myself obviously I would also say that like I used to be a lot more I guess not like very focused on my style and like really didn't like care what I wore and then I started working in a strip club and now I'm like my intention is to be sexy like most of the time even when I'm out I I wish I could say that like look isn't important but it is sadly I feel like escorting like they want someone who looks inaccessible like they want someone who's like like top tier like you said like expensive you know expensive looking because that's the that's how they determine value on what women like are I guess is the way that they present themselves that makes sense that stripper culture because it is way different than like escort culture escort yeah um so that makes sense that it fits your style and personality Mm -hmm. better and it's more open to to your like aesthetic also like I feel like the future of sex work is also getting a lot more accessible for people, um, like the dancers resource, you know, yeah. they give you advice on things. And I didn't have that when I was first getting into it. I just figured that shit all myself. And by the time like dancers were giving me advice, I was like, I already know this. So, yeah, I mean, I'm 28. So, and I've been doing sex work since I was um, 20. Yeah. 19, but I started dancing at 20. And, um, what's it called? Yeah. I I didn't have any resources, any help. I was kind of like, 
not even like subconsciously like there or like yes. was, like, consciously there when I was younger like I was yeah. I don't really know how I was making money like I don't recall conversations when I was young like yes and that's so crazy it's almost like I understand that feeling exactly actually I get exactly what you mean by that honestly because I feel like I disassociate a lot when I'm doing this job uh, just be more present and more knowledgeable about what's going on and so so you can better navigate stuff thank you for sharing your story yeah thank you so much for even like i i was also like being super lazy honestly these past few days and i was like i want to do this i want i love to talk about sex work i think it's extremely important because people die (laughs) doing this shit it is not an easy job and I feel like people act like you know when you're in high school like oh I want to be a stripper like that's good that I'll just be a stripper and it's like no (laughs) you don't want to just be a stripper like you want to you know it's not for everyone sadly but it is for people who make it work for them for sure well yeah sex trade is such a big thing that the people who are doing it consensually um should have like a platform to where we're protected or we're more knowledgeable or more open and expressing our concerns because everyone tries to shut us down and and then then when they do shut us down that's when like sex trafficking and people who aren't consensual about it get take yeah that's why the whole like 18 law, like you have to be 21 and up. I was like, okay, you're just pushing these women directly into sex trafficking. Like you think these women didn't meet pimps when they were in the club? Like they definitely did. And now you left them no choice but to. Yeah. But yeah, thank you.